The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News & World Report. For information on the complex cases treated at Cleveland Clinic or to get a second opinion, visit clevelandclinic.org slash heartcare. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 12th. In today's news, the United States is evacuating all personnel out of the embassy in Caracas. New York's AG subpoenas records related to that time Donald Trump tried to buy the Buffalo Bills. And the president's proposed cuts to Medicare tee up a big 2020 contrast. But first, the big idea. A chummy discussion between two vice presidents, Mike Pence and Dick Cheney, quickly turned into a vigorous back and forth over Donald Trump's foreign policy during a private retreat for donors this weekend. Cheney complained that the president's instincts make him more like Barack Obama than Ronald Reagan. Not exactly high praise at a conservative donor retreat sponsored by the American Enterprise Institute. Cheney respectfully but repeatedly and firmly pressed Pence on a number of the president's moves overseas. Someone leaked a transcript of the -the off-the-record Q&A, which was closed to press, to my colleagues Ashley Parker and Bob Costa. In the conversation, Cheney expressed concerns about Trump's commitments to NATO and his decision to withdraw troops from Syria during what Cheney fretted was the middle of a phone call with the president of Turkey. Cheney also worried aloud to Pence that, quote, We're getting into a situation when our friends and allies around the world that we depend on are going to lack confidence in us. After dispensing with some traditional niceties, Cheney expressed alarm over news reports that Trump, quote, supposedly doesn't spend that much time with the intel people or doesn't agree with them frequently. He worried about the high staff turnover rate at the intelligence agencies. The former vice president then turned his attention to the situation in North Korea, He worried about Trump's decision to cancel the decades-long U.S. military exercises with South Korea and referenced a Bloomberg News report about the president's directive to pursue a policy that would insist that the Germans, the Japanese, and the South Koreans pay the total cost of our deployments there, plus 50 percent on top of that. Cheney wondered if Trump understands that dealing with Pyongyang's nuclear program is not the same as negotiating some sort of penny-ante New York real estate transaction. There was a lot of back and forth about NATO, with Cheney saying Trump is wrong to see global affairs as a dollars and cents game. In a sign of the broader concerns about Trump's stance toward NATO, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Speaker Nancy Pelosi extended a rare bipartisan invite yesterday to the NATO Secretary General to address a joint session of Congress next month. It's part of an effort to underscore the American commitment to an alliance that has prevented World War III several times, even if Trump doesn't understand why and he is as wobbly as ever in his commitment. Pence was clearly caught off guard and uncomfortable by Cheney brushing the plate the way he did. He kept joking that he was expecting softballs and wondered aloud when the session would end. Reading the full transcript of the back and forth underscores two things. First, it's a revealing glimpse into the churning and often strained debates inside the GOP, where longtime hawks like Cheney have increasingly balked at Trump's engagement with autocrats and his non-interventionist approach to the Middle East. Second, it shows how comfortable Pence has grown in acting as Trump's unwavering ally and spokesman, even before a crowd of powerful Republican skeptics. He repeatedly shrugged off Cheney's anxieties and praised Trump as a transformational, once-in-a-generation leader. 
And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced overnight that the United States is pulling out all its remaining diplomatic personnel from the embassy in Caracas, Venezuela, immediately. Tensions are ratcheting up, and Pompeo says having American bodies on the ground who are at risk is tying the hands of decision makers, an ominous hint at impending escalation. The country has been crippled by what's now a five-day power outage that has plunged people into darkness and left food and water scarce. The government announced that schools and all commercial activities will be suspended again today due to the power outage. Appearing on television last night, Maduro stated that progress was being made in restoring power, and he blamed the crisis on sabotage. Now we're learning that a Venezuelan journalist who Maduro allies have preposterously accused of orchestrating the blackout is missing. Press freedom groups believe the government is holding him. The reporter, Luis Carlos Diaz, has been a frequent critic of the Maduro regime. He's often been the target of online attacks by social media accounts tied to the government since he revealed that the state-run telephone and internet provider in Venezuela has been phishing its users. Number two, there were several developments related to the Trump investigation yesterday. The first came in New York, where the state's attorney general, Letitia James, a Democrat, issued subpoenas to Deutsche Bank and Investors Bank for all records relating to the financing of four Trump organization projects. This includes Trump's failed effort to buy the Buffalo Bills. Michael Cohen, the president's longtime lawyer and fixer, testified during that hearing last month that Trump inflated his assets in official financial statements. Cohen has provided copies of statements he said had been submitted to Deutsche Bank. Now, this inquiry in New York is a civil investigation, not a criminal one, but it could create big problems for the president's financial empire. Meanwhile, House Oversight Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings is seeking the testimony of two lawyers who are responsible for Trump's ethical and financial disclosures. The White House, though, is blocking him from talking to a potentially key witness. Cummings, a Democrat from Maryland, wants to interview Stefan Passantino, Trump's former White House deputy counsel, and Sherry Dillon, Trump's personal attorney. But current White House counsel Pat Cipollone accused the committee of making grossly unfair allegations against the two. Cummings sent a letter last month to Cipollone that stated the committee has obtained new documents showing that Passantino and Dillon, quote, may have provided false information when they were questioned by federal ethics authorities about hush money payments that were paid to adult film actress Stormy Daniels so that she'd keep quiet about an extramarital affair she allegedly had with Trump while Melania Trump was pregnant with their child, Barron. In response, Cipollone chided Cummings for directly requesting an interview with Passantino instead of going through the White House counsel's office. He said the White House will not make Passantino available. Watch for this one to escalate and subpoenas to be issued. Number three. Yesterday morning, we had a preview of what was going to be in the Trump budget, but the president officially submitted it to Congress in the afternoon. And perhaps the most politically explosive element is that Trump wants to cut spending on Medicare by $845 billion over the next 10 years, despite his campaign promises to protect the popular program. Most of the trims relate to changing payments to doctors and hospitals. This sets up quite a contrast in 2020. Medicare for all, which is what a lot of the Democrats are calling for, versus Medicare for less, which is what Trump is advocating. Industry lobbying groups say the reductions Trump wants would hurt hospitals, especially in rural areas, and seniors. Overall, analysts say Trump's budget proposal would hit America's poor the hardest. He wants to slash billions of dollars in food stamps, health insurance 
for the poor and federal housing subsidies. But there are some very clear winners in the Trump budget. One of the clearest beneficiaries is Trump's golfing buddy, Jack Nicholas, the namesake of a children's hospital in Miami. The Health and Human Services Department asked Congress for $20 million to support a special project at the Nicholas Hospital. Nicholas lobbied Trump for the money while on the golf course in Florida. That got him a meeting with the HHS secretary and the White House chief of staff. Politico reports that Trump personally directed HHS to earmark the special money to help out his buddy Nicholas. It's another proof point that celebrities and powerful people who have special access to Trump have an easier time getting benefits from the government. That's one way to make public policy. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, March 12th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.